Can't sleep? Don't want to sleep? Afraid to sleep? Are the windows closed? Are your doors locked? Did you check your closet? And under your bed? Maybe you should keep a light on in the hallway, just in case. Now settle in. Make yourself comfortable. Lay back. Close your eyes. And let me tell you a story. A wedding night is supposed to be a happy occasion. A time to celebrate the joining of two lives. But if your honeymoon starts out in a strange little motel, managed by an obsequious little man who is a little too attentive, make sure the name illuminated in neon on the outside is not the Owl Eyes Motel. This week, Barbara Avon takes you once more into the world between life and death, a place where behind each door, truth and lies collide, and there's always room for the dead. Room 353. Two sets of heels echoed in the stairwell. The newly appointed Mrs. Baker leaned against the wall, gathering her long train in her hands, laughing hysterically between <laughs> gasps of breath. Tell me again why we didn't take the elevator? So I can do this. Mark Baker pinned his bride against the wall, marveling at her beauty, despite the mascara that was running down her cheeks. The storm had sent their guests home early, it had been an outdoor wedding, with twenty of their closest friends bearing witness to the nuptials. Guests had applauded in tandem with a deafening boom of thunder. The promise of a whopping good storm caused older family members to scatter like mice, while the twenty-somethings found shelter at the nearest dive bar. Guess we should have sprung for that tent after all, eh? he asked, kissing her deeply. Nah. I couldn't wait to get you alone. Is that so? Yeah, so help me with this goddamn dress so I can get the hell out of it. I thought you'd never ask. Managing their way up the last flight of stairs, they found room 353 across from the elevator. Mark set their luggage down. It was filled with swimsuits, shorts, and two weeks' worth of condoms. The morning flight for Mexico was departing at 7 a.m., and despite his fear of flying, he couldn't wait to get the hell out of Dodge for a while. Tracy stood with her hands on her hips, and barbs poised on her full, luscious lips. Aren't you going to carry me over the threshold? I thought that only happened when we moved into our new house. You're impossible, she said, walking past him on her own two feet. Inside their room, her fingers met her zipper and she let the heavy gown fall to her ankles. She stepped out of it, feeling freed by the garment, and relished the feel of her white silk slip against her skin. Much better. I'll say, Mark told her, attacking her. What? You didn't like my dress? I loved your dress, baby, he said, wiping the mascara from underneath her eyes. You'd look like a goddess wearing a garbage bag. Charmer. Hey, check it out. A bottle of champagne sat chilling in the middle of the four-poster bed. The sides of the ice bucket were dripping from the humidity. 
Mark drew a heart in it and handed Tracy the simple white card that was propped up against it. Compliments of the house. Enjoy your stay, Mr. and Mrs. Baker. Fancy. Yeah, but I'm not complaining, Mark said, struggling with the cork. See if you can find some glasses. Crawling off the bed, she roamed around the room that housed an antique dresser, an armoire, and a door that led to a small bathroom. A vintage zenith radio framed within walnut wood sat next to an alarm clock. She inched her fingers toward it and snatched them back as if the thing were on fire. Mark? Yeah, baby? We didn't give that weird little guy downstairs our names, she said, leaning against the dresser. Sure we did, when we checked in just now. Yeah, but how'd he get all that upstairs in the time it took us to go up three flights? A brief power failure cast them in darkness, causing Tracy to scream. <gasps> Relax, Mark said, laughing. It's just the storm. Popping the cork, he pursed his lips around the bottle, savoring the bubbly before the carpet could. But what about the champagne? He probably called it up while we were on our way. Housekeeping must have left it. The crease between her perfect brows deepened. But the card is typed, Mark. So, come on, Trace. Did you find glasses? Or are we going to have to chug from this thing? She stared at her first love, her only love. They had met in grade 9 science class when they were partnered for a project that neither of them understood. The library had become their meeting place, and they found themselves smooching behind their textbooks when they should have been reading up on Newton's laws of motion. Mark had a temporary moment of insanity when he broke up with her the summer of their senior year. When he came to his senses, he realized that she was seeing another boy. Shockwaves went through their little town when the news surfaced. Todd Ingram died that same summer in a drowning accident, and Mark had been there to pick up the shattered pieces of her heart. Two years later, at the Astronomical Center, he proposed beneath a ceiling of stars, and life had come full circle. The glasses? Hang on, she said, opening and closing cupboards. Nothing. Check the bathroom. Tracy entered the bathroom that was larger than she thought it would be. Glancing in the mirror, she quickly fluffed her bangs and wiped the rest of her makeup from her cheeks. She ran the water and rinsed her hands admiring the majestic yellow sapphire in her engagement ring that belonged to Mark's great-grandmother. The woman had died in childbirth, and under strict instructions by Mark Baker I, it was to grace the hand of a future Mrs. Baker if her heart and body were pure. One out of two ain't bad, eh, girl? She whispered at her reflection. Tracy, I'm coming. Here, she said emerging from the bathroom and handing him a sleeve of Dixie cups. We'll get drunk pretty quick using those. Then what are you waiting for? Poor. God, I love you. Plopping themselves on the side of the bed, Mark poured the alcohol into the small paper cups and offered a toast. To the rest of our lives. Cheers. Cheers, baby. He tore at his tie, shrugged off his suit jacket, and fell backwards to stare at the ceiling. Are you excited for Mexico? I can't wait, Tracy said, 
sitting cross-legged beside him. I've never been out of province before. I know, me either. What did you think of the ceremony? It was beautiful. You? Yeah, I'm glad I got a chance to meet your Uncle Rob. He said he'd come back next spring before my birthday. Go on some boys' trip. Tracy ran her fingers through her new husband's long, silky hair. He still looked like the 16-year-old boy she had fallen head over heels for. That sounds good. You should go. Sitting up, Mark adopted a serious tone. Did you mean what you said? Why not? You could use a trip with the boys. I think the last time was when you went to Ben's cottage in senior year. No, not about the trip. Did you mean it when you said your vows? That you've never been happier? The love she harbored for him was apparent on her face, and she quietly hoped that his father's absence at the ceremony didn't make him melancholy for the long term. Of course I meant it. You know me. I never say anything I don't mean. Even if... Even if you're pissed off. Yeah, I know. Are you sad? Why would I be sad? He asked, draining his third Dixie cup. Mad, then? Understanding registered in his eyes. About Dad? No. Bastard would have caused some sort of scene if he had shown up. Probably would have staggered in all drunk and shit. It's better this way. But without your mom and... He stood abruptly from the bed, causing booze to run over the lip of his cup. Why are you bringing this up right now? It's our wedding night. I'm sorry. I just thought you'd want to talk about it. Talk about my dead mother and alcoholic father. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Next you're going to ask me again what I did to try to save that Ingram kid. The sarcasm dripped from his lips, and the flavor was unsatisfying. Walking towards the window, he stared outside and felt comforted by the storm. It was as if God was making his presence known. Heart heavy with remorse, he sought forgiveness from the only one who mattered. Sorry, baby, he told the windowpane before him. I'm sorry for yelling. In the sky, he saw a boy, arms flailing, sucking in too much water. On the window, each droplet of rain resembled a young girl's tears. In his heart, he sought absolution from both. It's my fault, she said, coming up behind him and leaning her face on his back. It was stupid of me. I just wanted to make sure you were okay. We won't talk about your mom, your dad, and I don't ever want to talk about Todd again, okay? He set his cup on the windowsill, watching as the bubbles popped, one by one. Facing her, he took her head in his hands and devoured her. Yeah, yeah, baby, okay. What do you say we start over, eh? This is a celebration. Damn straight it is. That's my girl. How about a dance, then? A dance? Don't all married people get a first dance? Well, yeah, but her DJ is probably long asleep by now, she said, chuckling. Where there's a will, there's a way, or something like that. Allow me, Mrs. Baker. Mark did the limbo dance across the room, causing his wife to laugh until her belly hurt. <laughs> Over at the old zenith, he fiddled with the dials until static gave way to Ario Speedwagons can't fight this feeling. He crooked his finger at her, asking her to join him in the middle of the room, where they danced like lovers do, 
their hands roaming across one another's bodies, their hearts linking with each other. I love you, he whispered in her hair. I love you too. I can't believe we finally made it. I can't either. Are you nervous? A little, but I'm so glad we waited, baby. I wanted our first time to be special. And it will. I know it will. Hey, what happened to the song? Shh. Breaking. A young couple have been killed this evening at County Road 53 when their car was hit by an oncoming vehicle. The driver of the car is suspected as being a drunk driver. He was ejected from his vehicle and was also found dead on the scene. Folks, I hate my job sometimes, but my job is to report the news. It looks like the young couple were still dressed in their wedding clothes. According to my sources at KDP 580, a passerby found a package in a nearby ditch addressed to, and I quote, my son and his beautiful wife Tracy. Sad, sad story. I'll pick things up with the incomparable Stevie Wonder right after this commercial break. Thank you for listening to Room 353 from the book Owl Eyes Motel, written by Barbara Avon. You can learn more about this multi-genre author at barbaraavon.com. Pick up a copy of her latest novella, Owl Eyes Motel, Lover's Retreat. You can buy all of her books at amazon.com. As always, subscribe to Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs on your favorite podcast app or Audible. And please rate and review on all the platforms that allow it. Visit bedtimestories.studio to sign up for the Insomniacs Snoozeletter. And visit richhusick.com for more information about the host of Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs. Thanks again, and all the very best.